I am Beto, and this is Modern Immigrant. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Modern Immigrant. As always, I'm so excited to be bringing you a new story. Remember that we have episodes every other Wednesday, and you can check out our Instagram at Modern Immigrant or at website modernimmigrant.net if you want to get more information about our episodes and our guests. Today, Stacy is going to be sharing her immigration story from Australia to the USA, most specifically to Minnesota, where she has been adapting to the cold weather and many other challenges. In this interview, Stacy shared how challenging it was to start a new life in a different country, how lonely she got at many points, especially when she had her baby during the pandemic and she wasn't able to have her family here with her for support. Stacy is a lawyer and we were talking during this interview about how challenging it can be to move to a country where your experience, your background, your years of work really don't translate the same way. Stacy gives us amazing encouragement on what are some of the things that we can do in the meantime while we get our certifications, while we get our transcripts, while we get those exams and all of those requirements that we need in order to practice in our field. I really appreciated this interview and the words of encouragement that Stacy leaves at the end. Stacy also talks about her business, Family First, and how she helps immigrants with the application of the of the visas, filling out complicated paperwork, and the inspiration behind that. In the description of this episode, you will find a way to connect with Stacy and with her services. Remember that if you found this story helpful or if you enjoyed it, you should pass it to another friend and that way we can continue to support each other in this community. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy. Bye. So welcome everybody to a new episode of Modern Immigrant. As always, I'm really excited and I cannot wait for you to meet my guests. So Stacy, welcome to Modern Immigrant. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited to explore the work you do and with your uh, organization. But before we start talking about that, I would love for you to tell us about your own immigration journey, because I know that's going to tell us a lot about what inspired you to do what you did today. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so back in 2017, I met my husband um, and then so we met online and then dated a little bit and came back and forth with trips um to meet each other and and to get all of you know the the normal things going and then we got married um and then I was still visiting and, and going through the CR1 spousal visa process um and then on my third visit while we were waiting for that to come through my husband got a little sick and um ended up in hospital for six weeks um and then so suddenly three weeks into my trip, I'm thrusted into the situation where um, I'm having to change to adjustment of status because he's going to be in the hospital for six weeks. And, um, you know, I'm trying to sell my car and I'm trying to sell my house at home. And so, um, you know, all these things kind of happened. And then here we are. Basically, I went through my um, adjustment of status and did my interview in September 2019. Wow. Um yeah, so I, I went through the Minneapolis field office and uh, it, it was a 13-month process to get the interview. Um, and then, you know, in, in the meantime, I also got my EAD and everything like that um, and started working, so I was at least able to do that. Um, but, you know, that that's kind of a bit about my immigration journey. 
Yeah. And that was from Australia. That's where you met him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Australia. Um, and then, so, um, he is from here in Minnesota. Um, and then that's where I moved, which the winters are just fabulous, but (laughs) yeah, I was just going to ask about that. I mean, tons of questions I have. I can only imagine how stressful it was to be processing all of those, I don't know, paperwork, forms, applications, waiting to be together, and then things can happen in the meantime, as you were saying. Um, how was for you that process of adapting to the USA after being in Australia, after meeting him there? It's like now getting to know where he's from as well. Um, how was that cultural shock? Yeah, I don't know if you ever really get used to it. I still feel like a bit of a puzzle piece that doesn't quite fit. Um, you know, I don't I don't even know how to describe it, but like you'll go to the shop and something works a little bit differently than it does at home. Um, you know, or someone won't understand your accent. I get that all the time. Um, you know, so it's just it's kind of difficult. I don't think you necessarily ever feel like you fit but um I also love the U.S. and the opportunities that it has bought and um you know I've created a family here and um it's one of those things it's kind of hard you'll never sort of uh separate from home but also then you start to just create a new life and you almost just get used to the to feeling strange and feeling out of place I guess yeah exactly I love that you're saying that because I feel like as immigrants, we all explore that in different points of our immigration. It's like sometimes you're more adapted and then you go back to the beginning in a way and some things remind you where you come from or the things that you miss. Um, are there any things that have been specifically challenging for you in this process of, of being an immigrant in the, in the U.S.? Um, I think having my little boy during COVID. Um, so I was actually pregnant when I found out about my interview. So then I couldn't, you know, leave and I wouldn't have anyway. I mean, I just, you know, I sort of was just staying until my interview and everything was going, but I was already pregnant and super close to having my baby. And then my mom was supposed to come over, um, right before he was born. Um, but unfortunately three weeks before he was born, they shut down all of the flights. Um, and Australia only just opened their flights again in February so um I you know my mom is actually here now visiting for the first time in four years this is the first time we're seeing each other in four years so um you know yeah I think that was specifically challenging is just having no family support around when I had my baby totally and just adding a pregnancy with a pandemic with being a new immigrant like everything together um I can only imagine how hard it was and has it been hard to like build that new let's say family or friends or network of friends uh now that you're in this country because I I found that specifically challenging like my partner is my partner is from the U.S. and it's great to have his side of the family and friends and support but I also feel like I'm a little behind on that of building my own network Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think it has been challenging. I think it's challenging to make friends and make new connections as an adult anyway. Um, and then to add to the fact that you and these friends that you are going to, you know, be connecting with that you grew up in totally different, um, mm. you know, surroundings and situations, different ideals and beliefs. So, um, you know, it can really be challenging um, with that. And I have also found that a challenge. Um, and it kind of also adds to the learning 
loneliness too. I will say that one of the biggest, another one of the biggest challenges that I had in my own journey was that I was very lonely and I felt like it was literally just me and my husband that I had um, mm-hmm. for a very long time. And that um, com- compacted with the fact that I couldn't work for quite a bit there and, you know, I couldn't drive, couldn't really have any independence. And then you feel alone on top of that. Um, I would say that first six months was honestly the most horrendous time of my life. And then the, the first 12 months, you know, it was still hard, but, um, it was getting better also because I was working and I had, you know, a little bit more freedom and a bit of a distraction. Um, and then by about the 18 month mark, I felt a lot better. And, you know, I had friends from work and things like that. So, um, I think that's a really important thing to talk about too is, is just that that first six months is going to be, super hard no matter you know and and this is kind of very specific to actually moving here and doing adjustment of status the way that I did it um but I imagine it's like that too for students and and those who come on non-immigrant visas and later go on to adjust status or or do different things through um either family or employment based that is so true and I'm glad that you're talking about this because sometimes when I interview immigrants we talk about the successes and the things that worked out and I can only imagine as also an immigrant listening to this. It's like, wow, why was it so hard for me? Right. Like, why did it take so long? Or I love that you're talking about like those time frames and how it was for you and how, of course, that time change can change. But things that help you were starting to gain your own independence, like having your job, having your own income, being able to, you know, go out and do stuff like for those that are listening to know that that time is going to come. It just really takes just different things and the paperwork and the visas are a huge part of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I think honestly, if I had my time again, and I I kind of encourage those that I interact with to do this too, but I would do more productive things with that initial six months and, you know, get a hobby, um, try and learn something, just become more distracted because I really didn't do anything productive during that time other than feel sad and watch TV. So, uh, you know, like it it wasn't good. Um, And so I think, you know, that's something that I really encourage those that I interact with to do too, because your mental health can just really take a massive um, fall with with that process. And um, on top of the stresses, because I know that it just becomes very impactful on the timelines that immigration takes. So, you know, you just want it to hurry up because you think you're going to get to that next stage. Uh, but you know, it's it's sort of one of those things where if you distract yourself and you, you know, you use the opportunity to better yourself, then there's going to be a situation where that time just passes quickly and then you don't have so much of that impact. So true. I really appreciate you sharing that advice because we, yeah, we get super stuck on what we can yeah. do, right? It's like yeah. I can't work yet. So then everything is ruined and we have a ton of other things that we can get into or learn. And of course, give yourself that time of watching TV and cry, but (laughs) get that, get productive. Even if it's about learning something new, maybe, you know, uh, curses, things that you can do online. There's so many options online, free, free things that you can access in your area. Um, and even exploring like other type of jobs that you can do. I recently interviewed an immigrant and she she said that, that she wished she would have explored other job opportunities. She was just waiting for that 
one opportunity, which was the job that she used to do back home, right? Your profession, right. but it's like, hey, you can yes. explore other professions that are, you know, within the the uh, work authorization of or the jobs that you can do. So it's just like getting creative in a way. Yes, yeah, I agree. And the other thing too is, um, I found when I came, so I worked for the government for five years before I arrived, um, and I really struggled with getting a job, a government job, um, which was a really big surprise to me because I was quite high level in the government and, you know, I, I had good references and everything like that. Um, but I think probably my qualifications because my law degree did not, you know, mean a whole lot here without having set the bar or anything like that. Um, and then also because my resume looked very Australian, those were probably two of the factors. So I think even just visiting your resume to update it to make it look more American and then also seeing what you need to do for qualifications to do whatever job you want to do over here, um, even if that's in the same field. 100%. And you're talking about being a lawyer, right? And having a ton of experience back in Australia. And I think I would love to talk about this because as immigrants, it's so hard to translate our experience and our professions in the new country where we're at. And I always hear that doctors, lawyers, right? Like those are two huge professions that are people have that sense of like, it's almost impossible. Like just drop it, become something else, go to school again. How yep. is for you like that where you would certify your degree, where you would do the bar? Like how was that experience? Yeah. So um, I'm in the middle of doing my master's right now. So um, it when I was first looking into it, I was like, okay, so what do I need to do? And then um, there were three or four states that would take my overseas degree. So it was either register in one of these three or four states or um, go and do a JD. So sit through law school another time, a whole another four years. Um, and then so there are a couple of states out there that allow you to um, just take your degree and sit the bar right away. Um, you know, but honestly, without getting into the logistics of it, sitting in a bar without knowing a single thing about US law would just be difficult. I mean, it's uh, impossible. So, um, and then the other thing that detracted me from just going and doing that is that there was quite, it, they advertised that it was quite a lengthy process for them to look into your degree and to, you know, do all the equivalations and all those th sort of things. So, um, I, I'm doing my master's right now. Um, I started that in January and I'll be done in a couple of months. Um, nice. Congrats. And yeah, <laughs> thank you. I mean, not that my life is not already crazy enough without having to add that on, but yeah. <laughs> I, um, you know, I've maintained a perfect GPA, which I'm super proud of myself about. And, um, you know, I kind of just, uh, I'm grateful that I've done that too, because now I know about the US law, the way that the courts work, the way that everything is expected to be done here. Um, and then, so I'll be able to sit the bar in February and I'm actually um just about to submit the application for that so awesome. we're super close now and the, you know eyes on the prize of course and and I love that you're sharing that it takes some time it takes work it takes going back to school in many cases but I also know that you have been able to do a lot of work regarding mm -hmm. your profession. And we were talking about the importance of family. We were talking about the importance of that connection. And I love the name of your services, which is Family First Immigration. Um, so I would love to hear the inspiration behind, although I think it's a little obvious <laughs> that that's where you're here based on yeah. that. But yeah, tell us about it. How did it come about? And 
then we can talk about how people can get connected. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, what I was kind of experiencing myself when I went through this is that um, it's very difficult to get a straight answer anywhere about different questions that you might have. You know, you'll go onto one web page and here's answer A, and then you go on to three others and you've got B, C, D, and E answer. And so, you know, it's just very difficult to get the correct information. And then sometimes people will come to me and say, hey, I heard this on the internet. And it's like, how do people even invent this? You know, like, uh, it's just even the language, right? Like right. the words that they use are like, what are you talking about? What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then so, um, you know, I, I was thinking about it for quite a while before I actually ended up starting up my business. And I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to go for it. I've got good qualifications at home. I mean, that doesn't help me here. I can't call myself a lawyer or anything like that here, but um, I've been through the process and I can relate. And and that's kind of why that's important. I mean, myself being through the process doesn't qualify me to do what I do, but um, it helps me because I can relate. And someone says to me, Hey, I'm feeling like this. And I, you know, I, I know. Um, and so that's how that helps me. But um, it definitely pushed me in that direction because I I realized when I was interacting with people in my own process and when I was trying to look through information, it was just very difficult to kind of navigate. Um, and then so what that has actually caused is um, an average of 12% of immigration applications being denied every year. Um, so in the family realm, that equivalents to around 75,500 immigrants who are either not able to join their families or um, who are, you know, at risk of deportation. Um, so that, you know, I mean, that's something that needs to change. And I think that, you know, my thinking behind it is that I could change that by offering affordable access to immigrants for professional help. Um, so you don't need to go out and hire an attorney if your case is not complex, you know, and, and, and a role of an attorney is to um, analyze the law, see what is kind of the complicating factor with your case with the law and then help you out of that situation. But in law school and certainly, you know, in, in my previous work and in my history, I've never, you know, been tasked with filling out forms. Um, so that's not a lawyer's job. You know, that that's not something that you really need a lawyer for. Um, so if I can help you to fill out the forms and you don't have a complex case and you don't need to get an RFE and it can make it smooth, then that's going to prevent some of those denials that we're seeing. Um, so, you know, I mean, that was the longest short story ever, but that's kind of what, no, it's uh, what we inspired. need that story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, you're sharing that and it just comes to mind so many examples or scenarios of people I have met that have been so stressed out about that process, about the legal process of their immigration. And then you add the emotional, the mental health, the physical health. It's like, yes. how do I do this thing that I don't understand that creates fear? Um, and you're talking about the services that you provide. And I'm thinking immediately also on the language piece. Like, do you offer different languages? Is there Spanish available or obviously other ones that can people access because language seems to be such a huge barrier when yes. it comes to legal procedures yeah um so i mean we have a spanish-speaking staff member um that seems to be our most common language barrier is spanish mm -hmm. um Though Google Translate has really been our best friend for quite a while. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, if, if there's a Spanish-speaking client who really doesn't speak a lot of English, we'll have, um, have our 
Spanish-speaking staff member translate for us and and kind of get into um, that realm. But that sort of also I've reflected a lot recently um, when I was actually searching for my client who asked me for the forms in Spanish. USCIS doesn't uh, publish the forms in any other language. So, you know, isn't isn't that wild? You're um, kind of dealing with people from all around the world and that is all you deal with is people around the world and you don't put it put a, a form that could end them, you know, exiled from the country. You can't put it in their own language. So I think that's crazy. They're like creating so many barriers, literally. Like they say the information is there, but it's really not there. <laughs> to this position like the fact that we need to go around the system and create organizations like yours and services like yours just tells you how broken the system is and unable to function in a proper way but I feel hope knowing that there's people like you behind these places because bringing your own experience as you were saying is not going to necessarily like fix another person's problem based on the experience, but it does get you to relate so much to them and think about what are the things that they might be going through that we can tackle or that we can offer. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's been very helpful because sometimes it's nice just to feel connected to someone and feel like your concerns are being heard. Um, and I think that's a lot of the problem. Like there is kind of a lot of a breakdown in relationship between attorneys and, and immigrants. And the reason is, is because they can't relate. You know, I mean, they've never been in a position where maybe their spouse, uh, you know, will, will be taken away from them or they can't spend the last days of their parents' lives together or things like that. So it's just like, you know, um, I think that is a cause of a big breakdown in relationship between a lot of attorneys. And it's not to say that they don't do a great job because, you know, you don't, you know, I mean, you don't have to have gone through this process just to do a great job, but it, it definitely helps. What's the extent of your services? Like, can people be in different areas of the country? Is it like, a Zoom kind of meeting or do you also have like attorneys or lawyers that will accompany the person throughout the whole process even in court for example yeah um so we don't do anything that's complex um until I sit the bar in February I won't be able to do that um so we we help people all around the country though so um everything's done by like Google Drive Zoom you know phone call things like that um, and I think the world's kind of gotten used to that through COVID anyway. I mean, <laughs> we don't get too much pushback with anything like that. Um, but certainly we've, we've helped almost 900 immigrants now. Um, and that's been all across the US, all across the world. So, um, yeah, it, it's great. I mean, I love connecting with people from other places. That's so, so amazing, really. And you said that it's affordable, right? Like, can people access to it? Is there like a scale I don't know <laughs> um so I mean we've we've basically the highest price that we charge is $600 and that's for the k1 which is um the k1 application and all the green card process as well um and then you know I mean the lowest we charge for actual forms is 200 okay. um so you know it's, it's between 200 and 600 just depending on what you're trying to do and and what you're trying to access and um you know how much involvement you want us to have things like that um and then we do have some cheap services as well for like letter writing and um and uh reviews of different things so um yeah i mean uh, really the the services um uh, the maximum price is 600 
600. Thank you. That's super helpful for people to hear and learn, especially if they're thinking about um, reaching out for help and for support. I would really want people that are listening to feel that, you know, their services or people out there, they are not alone. That's like a message I'm always sending because it does feel pretty lonely sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I would encourage those who are feeling lonely to, to even if you join these Facebook groups, avoid, you know, try, try and avoid believing anything you read on there. It's, it can be difficult, but, um, join for the emotional support to make friends, to connect with people who are on there and things like that. I mean, that can be important too, just in itself. Yes, that is so, so true. Is there um, a website that you can share or an Instagram account so people can go check it out? Yeah, so um, they can find us at www.familyfirstis.com. We also have Facebook and Instagram under um, Family First Immigration Services. So um, we can be found in all of those places. That's awesome. And I'm going to make sure I add those at the description of this episode so people can go click on it and it's easier I feel like you know just trying to make things easier for everyone listening is always helpful but Stacey I would love for you to give us like a last message that you would like to again give us (laughs) in this interview for those that are listening depending on you know if they're immigrants if they're thinking about immigrating but something that can come from your experience and your profession as well that you like to leave us with Yes. Um, so an immigration paperwork tip, um, if you're going to do it by yourself and you don't want to get help, just make sure you read all your information from the government website and don't take anything from other websites. So Department of State, USCIS website, um, and occasionally there's the Foreign Affairs Manual. Um, all of those are appropriate websites, not so much anything else. So just make sure um they do that. And then on a personal level, um, you know, I, I think I would encourage you to believe in yourself. It's very easy to feel um, disconnected and outside. But, um, you you know, I mean, the American community is great and they're very accepting for the most part and, and very helpful and, and honest and loving people. So, you know, try and make yourself a community. Try to um, fit in as best as you can, even though you may never feel like you actually fit in. Um, and, and uh, you know, don't tell yourself what you can't do. Believe what you can do because you're your only barrier. And that would be my advice with that. Daisy, those are such amazing advices, plus the ones that you gave us in the interview. I truly appreciate that you came to Modern Immigrant, that you wanted to share about Family First, that you wanted to share your story. And I wish you the best with a grad school, with the bar exam and with the winter that's coming. (laughs) Yes, I need the best of luck with all of those things. Good luck (laughs) and and thank Thank you for being here in Modern Immigrant. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all for listening and I will see you all the following week. <laughs>